When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I am Al Sacco. He is Brian Rennick. And we're doing our third show this week. Three of us. We are the hardest working podcast going right now. (laughs) Three, Three shows this week. Brian, here's where my head is right now. After watching the Niners annihilate, I was about to say the Seahawks. They're they're about to annihilate the Seahawks. Yeah, they are. After watching them annihilate the Eagles, after watching what they did to the Jags, after watching what they did to the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, this Mm -hmm. team just after the bye, they look so good. And all I'm thinking about right now is getting the bye week in the playoffs, getting the best record and how that can happen. Yeah, and you know, here's the beauty of it. You, I, I think this. I think this Seahawks. Seahawks. I did. It, I did it too. I think you did the same Eagles, thing I did, my man. I think this Eagles beatdown wasn't just cathartic, right, for the team, for the fans, whatever. But mm-hmm. but honestly, I think it. I think it bodes well for this week because I. I, I don't know I, when you get when you get just curb stomped like the Eagles did by who I would assume they believe to be their, their biggest rival for NFC supremacy. And then you have to face the only other team, arguably that, uh, that either a again, can challenge you or, or B will challenge you for your division title the following week after having also played 90 plus defensive snaps against the bills two weeks ago. Right. Like it just mm-hmm. builds up. And so I, they, and, and not only that, the Eagles haven't won in Dallas in five years. They're oh and they're oh and five in Dallas yeah. the last five times. So now all of a sudden, this is a must win game for the Eagles. And it looks like Jalen Hurts is not right. And that definitely helped the 49ers. But I, I don't, I think, I think that, that Eagles victory was a huge momentum push towards the 49ers getting that one seed. Because if the Niners beat the Seahawks on Sunday and the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, the 49ers have the one seed and they're in the catbird seat for the bye, which is humongous, just humongous. Yeah. Let's look at the schedule. So there's four teams really that have a shot at this. It's the Niners, it's the Eagles, it's the Lions, and it's the Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys also have a shot at this bye. So mm-hmm. let's look at their schedules and let's let's see realistically what we think could happen here. Yeah, I am I am an incredibly pessimistic person. I always think of things to worry about, and I can't see any motherfuckers who could beat the 49ers right now. None. Yeah. That's how confident I am. If they're healthy, if they're healthy in their whole, correct. I don't see it. So when you look at the Niners schedule, Seattle, I don't even think it's going to be a game. The Cards don't even think it's going to be a game. The Ravens is the one yeah. to circle. Because they're yes. a very good team. But 
the way the 49ers are playing, they're not just winning games 20 to 17. Hey, we squeaked this one out. They are curb stopping people. They are curb stopping mm-hmm. good teams. Mm-hmm. I, they will be favored and I will pick them to win that game as well. They will destroy Washington and the Rams last game of the season. If it matters, that's a win too. So I'm yeah. going into this exercise with the Niners being five and all the rest of the season. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. You know, we've talked about it. That Ravens game is, is, is the most difficult game left on their schedule uh, by a long shot. Um, and I, I don't, I, I have a supreme level of confidence in this team. I don't know what to expect out of that Ravens team. That team is, can look dominant at times and then lose to the Steelers or lose mm-hmm. to teams. They lost, they, if I'm not mistaken, this Ravens team lost to the Colts, I believe. So, like, I, I just, I don't know what to think of this team. I the one, the one worry I have, I'm not worried about Baltimore's offense. I'm really not. I, I think this 49ers defense is the best defense that, that they've had, especially personnel-wise, uh, probably in the Shanahan tenure when you look at, you know, even though they don't have DeForest Buckner right in the middle, that 2009 defense was, was really good. But, you know, you've got Hargrave, but now you've got Hargrave, Young, Armstead, Bosa, Gregory, right? Like it's, it's wild. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but this is, I think easily the best secondary that they've had as, as a unit. And I think, I think we are starting to see Steve Wilkes's influence on the back end, right? Is finally matched what's happening on the front end. And it is creating a really, really, really impressive defensive unit. So I'm not, I'm not super worried about Baltimore's offense. What I am worried about is is Baltimore's defense. It is it is by DVOA the best defense in the NFL. They are incredibly multiple. They are hard to predict. Uh, they remind me a little bit of a Bill Belichick defense where they can essentially mm-hmm. match up with whatever offense that they're facing in in the moment. So I am I am a little worried about it, but I I, I still have a lot of confidence. It is a home game. Uh, the you know the Ravens will be traveling across country. It's going to be a great game. I don't. Just like against the Eagles, I didn't predict a blowout. I won't predict a blowout on that game either. But I agree with you that outside of that game, there's really no reason to think that the 49ers could lose any game through the rest of the season. So their main competition is obviously Philly. And you mentioned mm-hmm. Philly's playing the Cowboys. I, I agree with what you were saying. Philly and the Cowboys, it seems like they split every single year. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this Philadelphia team the last three games, they should have lost to Kansas City. Yep. They should have lost to Buffalo. Yep. They get destroyed by the Niners. Like you said, Jalen yep. Hurts, who knows what's going on with him. We've heard he had a, mm-hmm. a bad knee earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. He got a concussion, I guess, last game. But then there's some rumors that might be his lower body. There's a lot of weird stuff like, is he healthy going on right now? So, yeah. But that's a gigantic game. If you're a mm-hmm. Niners fan, you better turn into that game with your Cowboys yeah. gear on. Because if <laughs> Philly does win that game, they have the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. Odds are they are, if they have to win those games, they will win those games. Oh, so what's the what's their last game? Uh so it's Cowboys this week, Seahawks, mm-hmm. Giants, Cards, Giants. Giants, okay. Yeah, so Giants twice in the last three games. Yeah. Really easy. So if they win this <laughs> week, they're probably going 15 and 2. You yeah. have to really root. And as much as I hate no 49ers fan wants to root for the Cowboys this week, you have to do it. Detroit. You're not rooting for the Cowboys. You're rooting against the Eagles. 
There you go. That's a better way to look at it. Definitely. <laughs> Detroit can Detroit can win out, but they haven't looked really good lately. It's, they've looked a little bit off in their defense. defense. Yeah. And I guess this week they're supposed to be like 90 mile an hour wins or something ridiculous in Chicago, whatever it is. So oh, who wow. knows what's going to happen that week. But they have the Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. Cowboys is tough there. Mm-hmm. You never know with the division games. But Detroit could win out. But mm-hmm. even if they do, and Philly loses this game this week, and the Niners win out, if they all have three losses, the Niners have beat Philly, and the Niners have a better conference record than Detroit. So yeah. I don't know what's going to Detroit. I, I, I see another loss or two maybe in there for them, though. I, I'm not worried about them going. Yeah, I think I think Detroit's going to lose at least one more game, probably two. I I don't I again I I don't I don't know what happened uh, to the Broncos when they gave up seventy to the Dolphins, and I was like, there's no way that that Vance Joseph can continue to coach this team, and and for whatever reason, they've been able to pull it together on that side of the ball, and they just lost to the Texans to break their five game win streak, but that mm-hmm. team has looked pretty good. Not great, not, you know, even the offense doesn't look great. Wilson, his numbers are kind of a mirage. But that defense, that Broncos defense has been playing pretty decent. And I feel like with the way that Den- that Detroit's defense has been playing, you know, I think they could lose that game to the Broncos. I also think they'll lose that game to the Cowboys. And so I'm not worried about Detroit. It really is. It, it, it really, to me, is a three is a three team race between the the 49ers, the Eagles and the Cowboys, which is why you got to root against the Eagles this week, which would give all three of them three losses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you you just got to put the pedal to the metal and, and, and win out to to get that by Dallas's remaining schedule. It's pretty tough. And honestly, mm-hmm. if they do win out, I think Dak is going to win MVP. They have the yeah. Eagles. The Bills, yeah. who listen, aren't having a good season, but they can, you know, in, in any game they can put up forty. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins, the Lions, and Washington. Woo! So Dallas has got a pretty. Yeah. T- I mean, there's That's definitely tough, another loss yeah. in there, and yeah. and maybe even two. So Dallas is another team I'm not worried about getting the bye just because of that schedule. So to me, it still looks like this Philly Cowboys game is huge, and that the Eagles are the team that you have to worry about. Yeah, my uh, my hope for this weekend is a 49ers victory, an Eagles loss. I'm not going to say who the victory would go to if the Eagles lose, but a 49ers victory, an Eagles loss, and a Dolphins victory. Because if that happens, that means that the NFC one seed is the 49ers, and the current AFC one seed is Mike McDaniel and those Miami Dolphins, and I love to see it. And by the way, if you have not tuned in to midseason hard knocks, do yourself a favor and do it. It's awesome. Watching that Dolphins team, getting to see Mike McDaniel kind of get the spotlight. I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, on, on HBO? Yeah. I haven't seen I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen that. It's awesome. It's fantastic. The one bummer, the one bummer is episode two, a lot of Jalen Phillips, and then that's the game that he tore his Achilles. Oh, and it's just like, right. Oh, yeah, huge, that's a huge injury for that. Yeah, and that's a huge letdown. At the end of the – well, going into the episode, I was like, oh, man. I know what happens and now I got to watch this. And it was just like the whole time you're just like, Oh, you just feel so bad for the guy. But, uh, but yeah, that, uh, that in season hard knocks with the dolphins is fantastic. And like I said, I'm just a huge Mike McDaniel fan. Uh, he might be like one of my favorite people on the planet. So, uh, but yeah, do yourself a favor if you're listening and Al, you do yourself a favor, watch that. It's really good. I'll check it out. Yeah. 
Okay, I wanted to switch gears to saw Alan Styles put up a tweet today of uh, the top quarterbacks by the ringer Stephen Ruiz. Now, yeah. if you know me, Brian knows me. Brian will come on the show <laughs> and some other guys, and they're like, "Did you see what this guy said on Twitter? Did you see this?" And I'm like, "Guys, who gives a shit what these people say? I couldn't care less what somebody on Twitter said or, or this clown said. I don't care." But for yeah. some reason, for some reason, I'm getting more and more fired up with these kind of know-it-all, smarter than the room, never played the game, at least at a high level, type guys who are coming in and, and telling us who the great QBs are. These mm -hmm. are the type of dudes to me, Brian, that if they were around, you know, when we grew up in, in the late 80s, early 90s, they would, after Super Bowl 24, was it? When the Niners beat the the number one defense Broncos 55 mm -hmm. to 10 and Joe Montana mm -hmm. throws five touchdown passes and that is unbelievable. Their article the next day would have been why John Elway is still better than Joe Montana because a hundred percent, his arm strength or their, their yep. stupid ass metrics. Like they're the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we live in right now. That's mm -hmm. what we're dealing with. This kind of shit where you have these people mm -hmm. who have a voice that are putting out these rankings based on these stupid ass stats that have nothing to do with, with what's going on on the field. And I said, we're going to go over this list. The top, quarterback Purdy was yeah. 20th if you haven't seen it so we're yep. going to go over the top 19 like and this, see what he said yeah and this came out today like that we're okay, not talking so about this ranking yeah this ranking isn't like weeks old it, it it he updates it every week so he updated this ranking after this Eagles annihilation and still has Brock Purdy 20th so and these guys sit there and they watch their little film on their all 22 and they take five or six minutes to look, however long it takes them to, oh, look how this play is developing. And this guy is coming this way. When you play in the NFL, the speed is unbelievable. You have about two and a half seconds to decide what you're going to do before someone who's 300 pounds kills you. You don't even have any frame of reference when you're doing some of these things. You don't know where the play is supposed to go. You don't know what they told them in the huddle. You don't know what they practiced this week. You don't know what they saw on film. And, okay, so I'll tell a story. I got a buddy who he grew out grew up out in San Diego, and he moved okay. to the East Coast here where I am. And he played like high level high school football. He played in. Daniel, I don't think he played is it Daniel Jeremiah. It is not. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, I don't think he played. He played college ball, but I don't. It might have been like a D two. I don't. I don't know where he played college but I know he played in college. He was a linebacker. Okay. okay. He's in the high school hall of fame. Like he was like a oh, real for cool. his high school. He was a big athlete. Mm -hmm. Now he played Alec, the team with Alex Smith and Reggie Bush out in high school out there, which could be oh, yeah. on the same team. Keelix, so he doesn't Keelix talk high school. Is that what, whether they were, that, okay. So he doesn't talk. he's not the type of guy. Like he doesn't tell a lot of, a lot of war stories. We just happened. We're drinking oh. beers one day and it came up and I was just asking him about it. He's like, listen, he's like, I was a pretty good player. Like I could tackle. He said, I went to tackle Reggie Bush and he just wasn't there. He's like, I don't know where he went. He's like, you don't understand how fast guys that are on that next level are until yeah. you're there. He said he was just different than everybody else. Like he just, the guy physically wasn't there. So that's what people I don't think understand when they're looking at this too. You're playing against these high level elite athletes, dudes who are 270 and run a 4-4. If you're playing at the level of Brock Purdy, I don't care what offense you're in. You're doing something yeah. right. You're doing something very right. And there are not yeah. 19 quarterbacks, two of which aren't even in the NFL, who are better than you. So, all yeah. right. They're the 1% of the 1% in the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So give me a break when we're nitpicking things for somebody who leads the league in, in almost, you know, a lot of every meaningful offense. category. Yeah. For quarterbacks. Yeah. 
So what he who he has, so what he does is he has this system where there's, I don't know, whatever rankings he has. And by each quarterback, he has their ranking for EPA per play, success rate, and CPOE. I don't even know what the hell that is. Completion percentage over expected. Okay. That's what CPOE stands for. I don't know what the hell that means. It's an advanced. Okay, so it's an advanced stat. CPO meaning football. I'm just gonna Google it. It's completion percentage over expected. So basically so Air distance, distance yeah. from the sideline, target separation from the nearest defender, and the quarterback's distance from the closest pass rusher, pass speed, and time to throw. Who the hell has time to figure this shit out? Anyway, so this is what he, he he's basing this on. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, so his number one quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Moving yeah. on. Sure. Fair. Great. Number two, Josh Allen. Now, Josh um, is phenomenal, surprised. and we see what, what he can do when he's on. He's had a lot of games this year where that offense has not looked good. He's made yeah. a lot of bonehead throws, but based on this, on these metrics, his EPA per play is third, his success rate is second, his CPOE is fourth. I'm not going to argue with you if you think Josh Allen's the second best quarterback in the league, because when all things are right, maybe he is. The guy's an alien. I'm surprised it wasn't Justin Herbert, if I'm being perfectly honest, but I imagine he's three. He's coming because the, the nerds <laughs> love Justin Herbert. So he's the third best quarterback, Brian, Yeah, but his EPA per play is 11th. His success mm-hmm. rate is 15th and his CPOE is 20th. But I'm sure that's everybody's fault other than Justin Herbert. Uh, sure none of that is Justin Herbert's fault. Yep. The nerds love Justin Herbert. Love mm-hmm. Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. No, number four is Lamar. Don't have a huge issue with that. Yeah. Number five, Dak Prescott. Okay. And the way he's playing this year, again, don't have an issue. His sure. EPA per play Playing is really second. Well. Success rate is third, CPOE is fourth, he's having or is sixth. He's having a phenomenal year. And based on this guy's metrics, fine. He's his EPA fine. per play is second to who? It just says second. It's second to Brock Purdy. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. No, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. I'm saving it like a fine All line. Right. I'm gonna open I, it. I love it. I love it. Number six, another guy that nerds. Let it breathe right now. I'm going to let it breathe right now. It's it's breathing out. We'll see. (laughs) Another guy the nerds just love, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Got Trevor Lawrence and his 14 touchdown passes as the sixth best quarterback. I don't know about that. (laughs) Do not know about that. Number seven, Matthew Stafford, who, (laughs) according to his stats, EPA per play 13th, success rate 21st, CPOE 36th, but he's the seventh best quarterback in the NFL. Does that even make does that make sense? To Steven Ruiz, it does. I mean, write an article and make yourself look stupid like the whole way. Holy shit. Uh eighth is Jalen Hurts. I'd have him higher. Ninth, this one's great. Kyler Murray, who's played what? Okay. Four games this year? Is it even four? I don't think it's that. Do wanna, and do you want to hear his 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 where he falls here on these, yes. these metrics that he has? Yes. Twenty sixth, thirtieth, and thirty seventh. Awesome. But he's the ninth ninth best QB. Yep. Number ten, Geno Smith. I, I, I mean, are you kidding? They lo- nerds love Geno Smith too. Yeah, he's another. But he's another, more specifically, the nerds. Stephen Ruiz loves Geno Smith. Like it's he's it's a one. bit now on his on their on their podcast. Oh, is it really? I don't. I don't listen to his podcast. not a bit like your episodes yeah but. not a bit like in funny it's a bit like it just is known that steven ruiz loves geno smith number 11 this is where it gets a little insulting 
Tom Brady, because I don't know if he's trying to be funny, but he's saying if Brady came back in, he, he could okay. still be top okay. 11, which the way he played last year, I think there's guys below him that are playing better than him. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess he's trying to be funny. Number 12, Tua. Too low for Tua. Agree. And his, again, EPA per play, fourth. Success rate, mm-hmm. fourth. CPOE, third. But again, I'm sure with the way he looks at it, that's more Mike McDaniel than Tua. Right. Because that's how these guys look at these things. Totally. Um, and, and there's that's partial. There's partial truth in that, but sure, not not to what they lean on it. Thirteenth is C.J. Stroud. I have no issue with him being up there. He's probably put him higher the way he's played. Yeah. Uh, Fourteen is Jared Goff, which is probably about where Jared Goff should be. I have no issue with that. Yeah. Fifteen. This is another one. Jordan Love has played last three or four games. He's played very well. Very, but very well. He, he was not playing well before that. No. So, again, if you want to put Jordan Love in this range, that's fine. But to put him ahead of Brock Purdy, a little strange to me. Right. Russell Wilson, 16th. It's probably where he would fall this year. I don't have a huge issue with him in 16 there. His CPOE is first. So, again, based on this metric. Number 17, Drake May. Brian, is Drake May playing the NFL? Uh, Drake May does not. Drake May plays for the University of North Carolina Tar Heels and will be oh, drafted. Okay, and will be drafted number two overall in April. So even though there's about a thirty-seven percent success rate of first-round picks for quarterbacks, right. he thinks Drake May is already the seventeenth best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. This has to be the worst of all of them. <laughs> Uh-oh. Number 18, Derek Carr, who's been Oh my atrocious. God. He listed Derek Carr above Brock Purdy. Atrocious. Oh if you God. want to lose all cre- credibility. Oh my God. All credibility. What are we doing? Carr has arm strength. He's reasonably accurate. He he knows his fair share of ball. He's also an underrated athlete. Great. Yeah. Awesome. His biggest strength is his arm talent. It's a shame he isn't more willing to push the ball downfield. He's got the requisite arm talent. <laughs> and when he's confident, given time in the pocket, he can be one of the league's best deep passers. Okay, man. Uh, okay. But his biggest weakness is what's frustrating about him is his reluctance to improvise. He's faster than he looks. He's agile, and he can make strong throws on the moves. More and more quarterbacks are making plays outside the pocket. and Guys like Carr have been left behind. But he's still 18th better than Brock right. Purdy. Number 19, Caleb Williams. Yeah. Again, did he get did he get drafted? And I didn't I didn't see that. No, uh, last time we saw Caleb Williams, he was snubbing reporters after another loss at USC. But he is projected to be the number one overall pick to the Chicago Bears in April. So number twenty comes our boy Brock Purdy. Now we mentioned some of the metrics that uh, Stephen Ruiz has put in here next to every quarterback: EPA per play, success one. rate, and CPOE. One. Do you want to guess Purdy's ranks in those three, Brian? One, one, and I actually don't know about CPOE, but I know that I know success rate and uh, and EPA per play. He's one, and CPOE he's two. Okay, so this metric that you're using next to, and I assume you're using it in your formula because it's 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 listed next to every single quarterback. Mm-hmm. This guy is first, first, and second, and you mm-hmm. have him twentieth. Why? Yep. Biggest weakness, according to him, his pocket presence. Some of that creativity comes at a cost. Purdy doesn't see the field well from a muddled pocket. And while he's hanging in there a bit longer in 2023, 
the big faster of his improvement year over year is still the weakest aspect of his game. Not even remotely true. Where the hell did this guy get this from? But then he says his biggest strength is he's always hunting for the big play. If that requires him to spin out of the pocket and make a throw on the run, he's got just enough athleticism and arm talent to do it. Doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. They almost contradict each other, the strength and his weakness. Yeah. I don't even it's, know what it's an axe to grind things. at this point. It's an axe to grind. And and I, you know, I said this to you uh, I think before we started recording. The fact that he has Tom Brady, Caleb Williams, and Drake May in there just tells me that there's no reason at all to put any credence to anything that he's put in this article, regardless of if he tries to explain his process or anything, because again, the, the, the analytics that you're using has him one, one and two, and you have him at 20. That's nothing more than just leaning into your own bias and just refusing to admit that your initial take was wrong and you're just standing on it and hoping against hope that at some point this kid comes back down to earth in quotation marks so that you can be right. And the reality is there's nothing that we have seen that says that that's going to happen for Brock Purdy. Can you point to his three game losing streak? Sure. But in the end of the day, Against Cleveland, he led them back for a game-winning field goal that Jake Moody lost. Against the Vikings, he was concussed for the fourth quarter, and that's when he threw his two interceptions. And then against the Bengals, he was A, coming off a concussion, but B, if you actually look at his game, that game was lost because the Bengals did whatever they wanted against the 49ers defense. But Brock Purdy threw for over 300 yards that game. He had one touchdown and two interceptions. Is that a great game? No. Is that a is is that a game where you would probably normally lose? I would say probably not. So again, I mean, it just at this point, it's just an axe to grind. It's just a bit. Mm -hmm. It is just to me, it's it's I will say this 49er fans are easy marks when it comes to if you speak poorly about their team, their fans are gonna come find it, engage with it. And yeah, even if it's negative, that's still positive in in this in this media environment now, right? It's, it's all about clicks, all about eyes, all about all of that. So to me, that's what this is, but here's the thing. Like we talked to people like Peter King and Peter King's like, yeah, I think he's probably my, he, he, if, if we were voting today, he'd probably be my vote. Right. You talk to guys like Kurt Warner corners, like this guy's been incredible. JT O'Sullivan, mm. this guy's been incredible. Right. The interesting thing about Steven Ruiz is, uh, I, he it came it was yesterday um I, again i think he knew that this was coming out so you know he had tweeted one thing that he had tweeted was what did jimmy garoppolo like what skills did jimmy garoppolo possess that made him successful within this offense and here's the thing and i'm going to i'm going to read some stuff here in a second but um if you actually dig into the underlying numbers jimmy garoppolo actually wasn't that good the team was, and the team continued mm -hmm. to win, but Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't necessarily that good. He was fine, but he wasn't great by any means. And then people started talking about Brock Purdy, and then, right, because obviously that's what he was doing. And, and then somebody, um, somebody said something, which we have talked about, about how, and I think they specifically used Kurt Warner, 
said, but why does, why is Kurt Warner pointing out how good he is? And Ruiz's response was to reply with a meme that said, uh, appeal to authority, logical fallacy. And I was like, wait a second, right? Like I understand logical fallacies. I understand the appeal to authority, logical fallacy, right? But here's the thing. The authority is Kurt Warner. The authority mm-hmm. is somebody who has played the position at the highest level, has won an MVP, is a Hall of Famer, understands the game inside and out because he played it at a high level. That's not appealing to authority. That's not a logical fallacy because just because Kurt Warner played, it's not that he played, it's how well he played. It is his accomplishments. Saying that it doesn't matter what Kurt Warner thinks because that's a logical fallacy, appeal to authority. I said, that would be me. Like that would like, that would be if I went to my neighbor and I was like, Hey, look at this wound on my arm. Do you think it's infected? And the neighbor goes, no. And then I go to the doctor. The doctor's like, Oh my God, that is wildly infected. We need to do something. And I go, you know what? My neighbor told me that it was an effect. Infected. <laughs> and yep. just because you're an authority doesn't mean that I should just believe you. Right? Like what the, what are we talking about? If the person that is talking about it played it at the highest level, that is not a logical fallacy appeal to authority. That is somebody that knows what they're talking about. And the people that know what they're talking about, not you, not me, not Stephen Ruiz, Kurt Warner, JT O'Sullivan, Peter King, right? All of these people, they love Brock Purdy. They -hmm. are impressed with what Brock Purdy is doing. Richard Sherman, another one, super impressed with what Brock Purdy is doing. So miss me with, with your attempt at devaluing what it is that Brock Purdy is doing simply because he's making it look easy. And I think, honestly, that's the biggest issue that everybody has. There's no reason why the guy picked last in last year's draft should be making playing quarterback in the NFL look this easy. So there's got to be reasons why it can't be Brock Purdy. There's got to be other reasons. And the reality is, is it is Brock Purdy. Do his weapons and his coach help a hundred percent, but you still have to go out there and produce because the guys that have been in that position since Shanahan was here did not do that or did not do that nearly to the level that Brock Purdy has. And so it's just, it, to me, it's just lame and, and somebody somebody posted this on Twitter today, and, and so I want to read it to you. I'm going to leave out all the names, right? I'm just going to give you some raw stats. There's three three guys here, right? And I'm not going to give all of them. I'll give I'll give the ones that I think are are most important. Okay, so these are three quarterbacks. Okay, three seasons that quarterbacks have had. First quarterback adjusted EPA per play 0.339. Second quarterback 0.383. Third quarterback, 0.210. Uh, completion percentage, first quarterback, 70.8. Second quarterback, 73. Third quarterback, 70.8. Yards per attempt, first quarterback, 9.3. Second quarterback, 9.6. Third quarterback, 8.4. Y- uh, yards after the catch per completion. Right. So how much of their yardage is is attributed to the the receiver uh, getting yards after the catch? 
First quarterback, 6.3. Second quarterback, 6.5. Third quarterback, 6.7. Yak percentage, right? How much of their overall yards are from yards after the catch? First quarterback, 47.3. Second quarterback, 47.7. Third quarterback, 54.9. Deep passing success rate. First quarterback, 12.5. Second quarterback, 12.4. Third quarterback, 6.8. The first quarterback is 2016 Matt Ryan. What happened that year? MVP. MVP. The third quarterback, 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo. The second quarterback, 2023 Brock Purdy. Which one of those, 2016 Matt Ryan or 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo, is Brock Purdy most like? It's 2016 Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. It's MVP Matt Ryan. Did we have these discussions about how shitty Matt Ryan actually is? (laughs) No, never. All we could talk about was how goddamn impressive Matt Ryan has been and this offense has been. And yet, Brock Purdy is matching him or better in every single category. Every one of them. I I, I don't know what else the kid has to do to prove that this is real, that this is not just Kyle Shanahan magician. It's real. What he's doing is real, and it's MVP worthy. What's this going to be the 13th game this week? I got to compare him to Matt Ryan. That's really good to really look at the numbers and everything. I'm going to take a look at that because yeah, it's, it's similar production, right? I mean, you look at the 2016 Falcons as Pete Kyle, maybe the 2023 49ers are going to be Pete Kyle. Might be better. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. at the end of the day that, that that's what it's going to look like. So, I mean, the Niners, that team had a lot of talent too, but not as much as, as, as the Niners, but tell you what, man, I mean, it's Purdy is operating it at that kind of a level. He really, really is. So, but yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. Like you said, like when you're arguing with Kurt Warner on Twitter, just because like you're some dude who thinks you know what you're talking about, how could you even feel like if I really thought something in Kurt Warner about football and Kurt Warner said mm-hmm. it differently, I might want to be like, well, do I have to oh, rethink maybe. this? <laughs> right. You, you know, maybe did I, did I not, <laughs> I might be a little bit off here because yeah. Kurt Warner is like, disagrees with me here. So let, let me see it. But no, these people are just so set in their ways. It's, it's pathetic, man. Well, but and that's whatever. And, and like I and like I said, like you know, again, 2019 Jimmy. How much was Yak? 54. percent How much is it for uh, Purdy? Who people continue to just say he's a he's a Yak merchant. You know, he the only reason he is as good as he is is because all those players are getting yards after the catch. It's seven percentage points less than than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think, yeah. and honestly, and here is to me, here is the biggest reason and the biggest difference between. Uh, Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo and why this offense has taken such a significant step with Brock Purdy and not over what it was with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that is the uh, 12.45% success rate on deep throws is twice, twice as much as what Jimmy Garoppolo had in 2019. Twice as much. And that, that's, that's really huge. what was missing from this, yeah, from this offense with Garoppolo. Couldn't do anything downfield. Yeah. There was really yeah. no threat for that big play unless somebody broke 
broke one yep. with yak and, and now that yep. threat is there so yeah all right let's hit the seahawks game before we got to get out of here speaking of purdy so yeah. if purdy hit 70 percent completion in this game it would be seven games in a row that he has he has done that um joe montana i gotta look this up specifically I believe has the record for this. So Purdy has thrown in a single season, 70% completion in six straight games in 2016, Drew Brees and Sam Bradford did it in seven. That's the second most all time. And Joe Montana did it in eight straight games in 1989. So Purdy can tie for second place. If he has a 70% completion rate in this game against Seattle, who had been the Niners nemesis forever with Purdy, at quarterback through three and oh, they yeah. averaged 31 points per game. Uh, yep. Purdy has 8.8 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns to one pick, and a rating of 111.5. few things to look for in this game. So Brandon Ayuk is 73 yards away from 1,000 yards. If and when he gets it, he'll be the, the fourth 49ers wide receiver ever in franchise history to have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Jerry Rice did it. Oh, wow. Terrell Owens did it. Anquan Bolden did it. Anquan That's Bolden, it. yeah. And um, John, a lot of people were like, what about John Taylor? He It was a year in between for him. And um, I believe George Kittle has done it as well, but he's a tight end. But um, right. for receivers, those are the only ones. George Kittle is seven yards away from being the fifth 49ers player in franchise history with 6,000 receiving yards. So he, he's right there. And then Nick Bosa, his next sack will put him seventh all-time ahead of Ahmad Brooks. Wild. And he's three away from Charlie Kruger's, Kruger for sixth all-time. And that is, again, within the franchise, all-time within the franchise. Right. So you're seeing now Ahmad with these Niners Brooks. people. Wow. Remember, he the dude just got like six sacks every year for like eight yeah. years. And that's yep. how he got all those sacks. Yeah. But um, you're just seeing a lot of these Niners now. They're just doing things that are all-time franchise type right. stuff. That's the level of players they have. That's the kind of team they have. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, especially considering the the legacy that this franchise has, right? In terms of Hall of Famers and and success on the field and and all of that. But yeah, you know and. The 49ers curb stomped the Cowboys at home and the next game they played the Browns and they lost. And I know that there are those out there with some reservations. Here's how I think this game is different. This game is different because it's the Seahawks, right? Like it's not just some rando opponent like the Browns, right? You're not, you're, you're also at home. So there's a big difference there. I mm -hmm. don't think this is a trap game. I really don't. And I don't think it is because this team relishes what they've been doing to the Seahawks over the past, what, six games now? I think they're six and oh against the Seahawks in their last six. And it's, it's and it's four and oh. Is it four and oh in their last four? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they beat them. Seahawks beat them twice in Wilson's last year. Okay. So yeah, it's four, four and oh, four and oh. Yes. Yeah. Four and oh. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Four and oh, four and oh in their last four. I, I think they love what they're doing. I think they have no problem getting up for a game against Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. So I'm not particularly worried about it. The Seahawks defense is not very good. The Cowboys marched up and down the field on them. But the Seahawks offense looked a lot better against the Cowboys than it did against the 49ers. So that is one thing to, to look for. Uh, I think DK Metcalf is looking for a, a modicum of revenge uh, because Charvarius Ward absolutely shut him down on Thanksgiving. I think he's probably amped up for this game. It'll be interesting to see if anything changes in, in terms of how the uh, Seahawks offense 
looks to attack the 49ers defense and also how the uh, Seahawks defense looks to defend the 49ers offense. Um, if you guys are interested in, in kind of the inner workings of scheme and things like that, uh, Ted Wynn of the uh, Athletic put out a really fantastic article uh, today about how this 49ers offense essentially has an answer for everything or, or anything that you want to do on defense. And he uses what happened against the Eagles as an example, but uh, there were just so many different like wrinkles that, that they threw at the, the Eagles uh, that they don't normally, you know, don't normally use, but that's the advantage of having Kyle Shanahan, the scheme Lord. Right. Um, and so uh, again, I just, I don't, I don't see how Seattle wins this game unless the 49ers come out flat, uh, are making tons of mistakes or again, God forbid, uh, suffer a, a, a significant injury. But um, I, I, I just think I, the only, the only team that can beat the 49ers right now is the 49ers. And yeah, I, I think they are locked in. I think they are, they have their eye on the prize. They know what they need to do. They know what it's going to take. And I don't think they're going to take any week off. I don't think they're going to take any, uh, any opponent lightly. They want that one seed. They want that Super Bowl. And right now, nothing is going to get in their way. And so I, I have no problem predicting a 49ers victory. Uh, I think they score 30 again. I'm going to say 49ers win this game. Uh, I'll say 31 17. Yeah, I think the spread is, I think, 10 and a half right now. And I think the Niners are going to cover that. I agree. It's going to be low 30s to high teams, low 20s type thing. Um, yeah. And I think the Niners win it pretty easily. So there you have yeah. it. And 10 and three. And I think they win the division if they win this game, right? They have to. because I they believe they, they lock it. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, it's anytime you lock the division down, it's huge. And anytime you do that against Seattle, it's a little bit more sweet. So. Uh, actually, I don't know that they lock it up because the Rams are now in second place. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah, the, the Rams, Rams are in second have... place. Yep. And they still have to Okay, because the Rams are the six and game. six now, right? I'm yep. not even like thinking yep. of them as a threat, but yeah, it'll be just a matter of time yeah. before they lock it up. But we'll see what yeah. happens. Anyway, all right. Niners are going to kick their ass. It's going to be good. Yes. Then they're going to beat the Cardinals, and then we'll see where it is with that big game with the Ravens. But um, you got to feel Christmas good right Day. now. So we'll see what happens on Sunday, and we'll be back to break it all down after. For Brian, I'm Al. Brock Purdy's good. Later. Nine zero three. One zero three. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 